So you're a huge fan of Atlanta United. And you want Dave to give you the latest insights to our tactics. Pineda, five in the back, are you kidding me? Or maybe you can't effing believe we signed Don Dwyer and you want to hear Mikey Dobbs rant about it. Well, you've come to the right place. I'm David Katz. And I'm Mike Dobbs. And this is the the ATL on Fire podcast. Welcome back to another episode of ATL on Fire. Uh, Dave, how are you doing tonight? Back, I'm good. Back from soccer, what was going on there? Yep, so running some tryouts. Yeah? The bane of American soccer existence. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. They need to change. I know I was in, partially in charge, but terrible. <laughs> well, that sounds like another I didn't have a choice. If I had a choice, we wouldn't do it. Yeah. But that's for another day. But uh, for, for tonight, you brought us a, uh, an excellent Cabernet, correct? Correct. It's from Paso Robles, which is a little bit lesser known um, in California. It's Dao, 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 I think. I don't know how to pronounce Spelled it. Spelled D-A-O-U. Yeah. It's a Cabernet. It's real nice. It's really nice. It's kind of like fruity on the front end. I don't know. What do you think, Carmen? Do you taste what fruits or what's your description? See, I'm never able to give a good description of wine besides good. Delicious. Mm-hmm. And if they push me on it, I'll say it's complex. But it is, yeah, it's kind of sweet. And it's, uh, and they also say just to make up like, uh, like it's, it's figs, if it's red like this, it figs and raspberries. Like oh. it just make stuff up. That's, yeah. that's how you look sophisticated. That's how Mikey Dobbs gets through life, uh, that, making that stuff has up. That has a really, <laughs> you can taste the fig in it for sure, I think. I'm yeah. just kidding, Mikey Dobbs. Ugh. Okay. But it's delicious. You're for reals. Don't yeah. worry. So uh, outside of the wine, you guys uh, were able to enjoy the New England game yesterday. Um, but uh, before we get to that, let's go back and maybe recap the U.S. Open Cup game, the Lamar Hunt Open Cup game that was uh, up in Nashville, right? And uh, we ended up losing that game as the defending champions, right? Because we haven't played the Lamar. Uh, yeah, the it cup got has canceled a, because of COVID. Like everything else. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think, you know, overall between the two soccer games, we're seeing, you know, some advancements um, with Tiago Amato kind of slowly progressing and showing his class. And uh, we're also seeing a lot of the, the same issues, which I know you're going to get into. Um, but, you know, I think, uh, you know, New England game, right? You know, we saw some some changes, right, in terms of uh, switching to, like, non-inverted winger play, which we've been asking for. Yeah. Um, and, you know, curious what your your opinion is as we get into that. And, you know, goalkeeping is still a real problem. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about <laughs> that. Shuffleworth. Our, our defense is, you know, you know, maybe good for 80%. And then, boy, do we have some lapses. And, boy, do we have some tactical issues that just keep, Keep on going. It seems to only take the other team going up the field twice to score two yeah. goals on us. And Dave. Which is a problem. And Dave. Yeah. Most importantly, Gutman, which I think is how you do pronounce it. At least yeah, like we've been effing that up. Yeah. Sorry, Sorry, Gutman. We've been calling you Gutman. Sorry. Yeah. I've been My following bad. your lead on that, but he still can't score. So <laughs> until he scores. Gutman. And still he, until he scores, he's Gutman. No, no. We got to call him the right name. No. Even though he's shambolic in front of goal. And yeah. you're probably right. <laughs> Or at least so far, right? So, um, yeah, it was up in Nashville. They've got a brand new stadium, mm-hmm. right? And it's uh, it looks pretty beautiful on TV. I know you and I were trying to talk about making it up there for this next weekend. We're playing them in the MLS League right. uh, schedule. Unfortunately, I can't get babysitting. I don't know if you're still trying to, to make that happen, but... Man, that's a great soccer stadium. It looks great on TV. It looks gorgeous, yeah. And the Nashville fans have really come out. I mean, I think there was some talk early on that, well, is Nashville really going to be a soccer town? And, you know, heck with that. They're a soccer town. Yeah. So, it's really our real rival. I mean, although they killed it by moving into the West uh, Western Division, right? I mean, yeah. we were all set up to, you know, have epic matches against them left and right and left and right. So I say we just jump into it. You know, we got up early on them in the first half. We got two goals uh, in the 12th minute of the game. 
uh, we can maybe go to the highlights here and, and check it out. Moreno slots a ball up the corner to Gutman. It's a beautiful pass. Again, Moreno with just such a great touch. And uh, he crosses it to Almada, who gets to it, uh, making kind of a near post run and slots it in, I think, the uh, the far netting. So what did, you, what did you think of this goal? Great start. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, here it is, uh, kind of coming across the middle. Hosetu plays it to Moreno. Outside of the foot, just kind of pokes it up into the corner, and it slows down somehow in the – Yep. One nil. You should make a note of this goal being a Gutman cross for a goal. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll get to it, okay. folks. Note to self. It's in my Note notes. to it, how it happened. Yeah. Gutman cross to Almada for a nice finish at the okay. front post. And then 28 minutes into the game, um, again – Moreno is involved in the uh, the buildup, and you know it's really another probing ball into the middle of the box where uh, Moreno is uh, basically you know kind of posted up by himself with four other players and flicks it and just nails it into the into the far post. Um, makes Zimmerman looks look absolutely silly as he kind of does it here as Zimmerman goes by and goes, I mean, "What just happened? Could you Boom. see the class on that? I yeah. mean, who flicks it over the defender's outstretched foot and then just whips it in the corner? Um, I don't score those goals. Do you, Mikey Dobbs? No. So, <laughs> so I'm watching. I score a lot of goals, but they're just kind of side footer in the a corner. A lot of people. I mean, that's that's like a Terry Henry style goal. It really is. So he's showing his uh, yeah his Marcel or a Dennis Bergkamp. Right. <laughs> but uh, also, yeah, both of those. Yeah, guys just just uh, all confidence in that. And then you know, when we went into halftime. I I didn't feel great. I just kind of knew that at two nil up, you didn't feel good. I, I did. Why is that, Mikey? Dubs? It was more of a feeling than anything. <laughs> I, I would have felt good if, had we had that third one, um, but I just didn't feel uh, right. I just knew knew if they got one back, and sure enough, they do. Can I make a suggestion why you didn't feel good? What's that? Because yeah. we're not getting the little things right, the tactics right, the uh, free kick defending right, and we literally give up two goals every two times they come up the field. That, that might be the reason. <laughs> We're going to get to it in a minute. I don't want to, yeah. you know, foreshadow too much, but um, we got some stats coming at your way. I love it. But, yeah, this one was, you know, uh, we had – they moved it out of the back quickly and put a probing ball straight up the middle to uh, their striker who was covered by Franco, I think, on this goal, if I have this one right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, Franco does a good job trying to stay with them and kind of at the last minute maybe unnecessarily leans in a little too much because I think he did enough maybe to put him off but didn't give the ref- referee enough of a reason to think that it wasn't a foul on the back. And the guy goes down soft, and they give a PK. Yep. That's how I saw it. He um, took he took a bad angle, Franco. He allowed the pace to get behind him way too easily. Yeah. I don't really think it's a penalty, but when you let a guy get directly behind you that easily, you're asking for trouble. Yeah. And and that was just it. I felt like he did enough on the initial little shove, which right there would not have been a call. And then that last little lean in there, he gave the referee kind of a reason for not having a reason to give him the PK because both of them just kind of fell over. What's the opposite of boom shakalaka? Yeah. <laughs> we don't have one of those. Yeah, we don't. That's the call. That's what I think about the call, Mikey Dobbs. I do too, but <laughs> you, you know what I mean? It's a super soft penalty. It's a super soft penalty, but it's ones that you see given all the time now in modern soccer. Yeah, and in fairness, again, when a guy gets directly behind you, you're asking for it. Uh, once that happens, you really can't. You know, push challenge at all, and um, you know you're gonna get the call. So this uh, is another goal. Um, so first of all, what did you think of the second oh, penalty claim? Oh, uh, hold on here, hold on here. This is this is my rant here. I'm just getting to <laughs> okay. it. So if I we, didn't want to get in the way of that. This is the controversial uh, play here, right? So they get a free kick here. Um, if we we jump to what uh, 206 in the. Oh, no. So, yeah, this is uh, – it's a little further. I think it's 206. And uh, this was the goal that was disallowed. Uh, Zimmerman came in and – Oh, I was asking about the second penalty, but, yeah, okay, let's get to this one. Too. Yeah, we can go back there. We can talk about it. So, this is okay. the, the controversial one, at least on the, the Twitter handle, uh, Dave. I kind of got called out, called people out. I, it was going back and forth with – was it Felipe, huh. 
Philippe Cardenas on our on our Twitter Twitter handle. Yeah. Okay. Well, because first off, he just said that the linesman was shambolic, which a I disagree with a for the first reason, which the linesman on this should have put his flag up because there is a very clear pick in my opinion on the play where the guy does a hip check um, against one of our players just before the ball is kicked. Um, he's coming from an offside position as he does it. So he, you can see in the frame here, he's the guy. Yeah, he's starting off sides. Starting off sides. If you're not watching on YouTube, it's a free kick on the right side of the box, outside, 10 yards outside the box. We have our classic zonal marking with everybody spaced two by two apart, you know, like Legos or Noah's Ark. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and the Nashville player is standing two yards or a yard offside. So. so if you hit play and like pause again, you'll see the player basically do a hip check on the guy here. So as it goes, he kind of uses his advantage of being an offside to throw his hip into a guy and kind of throw him off again, pretty soft. I don't know that that did anything to prevent a player from getting to Walker Zimmerman, but it was clearly intentional in terms of what he was doing there. Agree. I probably wouldn't even have called it a foul, but I'm surprised by you, Mikey. I know. Because usually you're like, oh, come on. This is football. Uh, These are grown-ups. Yeah. And that's not a freaking call, right? I, I'm prob- you get, Nobody gets, you know, no blood, no foul. I, I'm with you. Okay. I think it's, I, I think, you know, if you're going to call it a foul, call it a foul. But then I'm like, okay, well, why is it, like everyone else, why is the linesman throwing his flag up in an offside still position, right? Yeah, he, why? He, you know, wasn't shaking it. Um, and that kind of led to like some research for me. And okay. So I end up on uh, law 11 of the the, the FIFA rules, right? Oh, which do is, tell, do which tell. Is, what is, is law offside. 11? It just talks about all the ways you can be offside and we'll get to okay. that do that in a minute, but one of the one of the things you can do to be offside is coming back from an offside position, sure. interfering or bumping a player um, as you come back from an offside position, which is basically what that hmm. is, except technically he's not offsides, right? Because when the ball is finally kicked, uh, he uh, was actually back in an onside position when he was hip checking him. It was pretty clear that was definitely the case when his foot was hitting the ball. But then I go to the if you go to the 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 rules there, Carmen, on one of the other tabs. So we have the rule, people. I have the rules. <laughs> so Let's get technical. I felt good. I was like, well, is, is there a case where maybe this should have been called offside and the linesman's right? And we have an intelligent MLS referee. So I'm like reading through, and if you scroll down Wait, here, did Carmen, you just use intelligent and MLS referee in right, the same sentence? Oxymoron. <laughs> we go down, and if you keep going, keep going, keep going, I'm like, oh, okay, got to find it here. And I think it's right there. Oh, so it's at the very end of... The, the top The top bullet here, I'm like, I know I'm on law 11. A, a player moving from or standing in an offside position is in the way of an opponent and interferes with the movement of the opponent, opponent towards the ball and is in an offside... It's an offside offense, right? If he impacts the ability of a player hmm. to basically make play. And then what I missed is like, then I thought it was emphasizing this is law 12. But in fact, I'm no longer on, this isn't law 12, which I thought it was self-referencing. Law 12 so probably was, comes after law 11. I know, but this is not, <laughs> this page that I'm reading, right, is law 11, right? So I thought it was like self-referencing. I'm like, Philippe's wrong. So I kind of went after him. And okay. So Philippe and Mike, who's the other Twitter guy, I, you know, I, I can man up and say I'm wrong. Matt, Matt Noop, on the other hand, who I was arguing with, this on uh, i'm not apologizing to you but <laughs> anyway sorry matt but you know the interesting thing and so yeah this is considered a foul or misconduct wow yeah under law 12 so <sighs> we've reached the end of the internet law but, 11 of the game fifa i mean the fact y'all are doing research i, I know like, <laughs> what's yeah what's come of this podcast oh my but, goodness but no i do find it weird though right so if you're coming back from a play and you set a pick right yep um and you're sending a pick just as you get back into an onside position uh, or, or you're doing it in an offside position which i can only imagine you're like hip checking him while you're the while you're behind the ball that's yep. considered offside yeah fair um, Oh no! And that one, no, it's saying that it's a uh, law twelve, so it's a uh, that is still a foul, and that's where I was getting confused. Anyway, okay. Onward. So no, I was going to ask you about. So there was uh, um, Nashville tried to have a second penalty called, right? 
Um, and it was actually more of a penalty than the first one that was called, right? And they didn't call it. They don't have it in the highlights. Yeah, so. no, they didn't show yeah. it in the highlights. Um, it's on the other side of the box. Um, and uh, I think we were a bit fortunate. I actually, as much as I thought the first one was shambolic and never, ever, ever should have been a penalty, uh, the second one I kind of thought was a penalty. Yeah. And, you know, this is classic refereeing. Once he called the first one, he was never going to call the second one, right? So yeah. it would have taken somebody to literally, you know, chop a leg off or something. So they stripped the goal. Which here. we saw in the NWSL the other day, too, so I should remind you. So they strip <laughs> they strip the goal here, Dave, and then yeah. it's, it's back to our same old set-piece problems, Dave. Okay. It's a long throw-in from, like, the top <laughs> of the 18. Does that even count as a set-piece? He... <laughs> oh, and it gets flicked to the far post and kind of shot crossed in, head, headed in. But, Dave, I want you to look at the same observation you've made a million times. We had two guys that were, I think, man-marking and two on the front post that were zone-marking that... All four of them come out to mark two guys, and we don't even get to the ball. And what does that lead to? What we've talked about is one of the guys went up and won it, flicked to the tar- far post where obviously somebody's – am I learning something here from you, Dave? I hate it. You know, it's interesting because – I just had to admit I was wrong to Philippe on the <laughs> podcast, and I'm saying that Dave is teaching me something. Damn it. You know, it's interesting because I'm all for a combination of zone and man marking. You might say, oh, you know, you're so against the zone. No, I actually think that there should be zonal players. But we – and we – in fairness to Pineda and the assistant coaches, we started out with – uh, the full team zoning that quickly got changed, and now we're down to half the team zoning. So five players zone on all corners and throws and whatever inside the six yard box. Now, why you need five players zoning inside the six yard box is beyond me. I think you should never, ever, ever have more than three, and probably two is sufficient. Yeah. Because you have man marked and there's responsibility. You have two guys who are free or maybe three if you're being totally paranoid. And then then you're good. So in between this, we had Araujo kind of take a ripper from outside. It deflects off somebody's head and goes off the crossbar. That was like one chance that we have. We unlucky. Well, unlucky, but, you know, um, you create your own luck when you rip a shot like that. And then, Dave, I'm going to Was let- that outside or inside the box? Did you know? Did you make a note of that? Oh, it was way outside. Okay, that's yeah, it was it was okay. a, it was a long range shot, and it was really deflected. You can bring that up as a counterexample in a minute. It was like nowhere on frame, <laughs> but uh, a Nashville defender headed it, and uh. it then ended up going arcing and going off the post. Dave, I'm gonna let you describe this kind of breakaway for the extra time goal that Nashville got that led to Lennon and Franco and Bobby Shuttleworth just being a disaster um, and showing Lennon has to leave his feet for no reason and just lack of composure there on, you know, letting a guy even score in such, you know, he did a great job scoring a bad. I have to say as, as Carmen is going to call it up, um, you know, we, I have down that we were decent in the first half, obviously, you know, good lead completely capitulated in the second half. And I wrote um, midway through the second half, if we survive, it will be a miracle. Um, Mm -hmm. And even when we introduced Campbell as a third center back, um, so much for him having a groin injury. Yeah. But um, and then later waited till the very last minute to introduce Sosa. Um, at the end of regulation, Mikey Dobbs, the expected goals: one point five eight for Nashville and only one point oh eight for Atlanta. So, despite that early lead, we failed to put press on the gas, and we just totally capitulated. Yeah. And you could you could feel it coming. I yeah. mean, like we said, at, at halftime, you almost felt that it was written. I don't know. Um, so I don't know. Walk us through this goal, Dave. Like, what did what did you see here in terms of both defenders, <laughs> Bobby Shuttleworth? It's basically a long, aimless ball. He gets on it early, and then after that, it's scramble, <laughs> scramble, scramble. Right? He just runs right by. At this point, we have three center backs in the game. I should point out. And Shuttleworth comes out. He goes around Shuttleworth. Campbell goes back to defend the end line, right? And, um, yeah. <laughs> Just so JV. It's like the Keystone Cops, really. Ugh. I don't know. And that's all I have to it's say. It's Lennon and Campbell. And, you know, Lennon's try to tackle. He gets in Shuttleworth's way and then comes back and distracts Shuttleworth. And then he scores. 
So I don't even want to talk about this game anymore. Let's just put it in the past. Maybe a good thing with the injuries. We got less games on the schedule moving forward. It was terrible. Yeah. Onward. Okay. So New England yesterday. Mm-hmm. It was yesterday, right? You all got to. I That's had to, correct. I had to watch it on delay. I was coaching my uh, U6 team. Okay. Which was kind of nice. Got back. Was able to just hang out in the deck. I ignored all my texts, which is probably. But you could only watch it on delay because it was the national game of the week on ESPN, right? Which was so, so nice that that, the one Somebody tell me, why can't you record on. um, Like ESPN Plus or something like that? No, the. What's the. The Bally's. Bally's. That's it. Why can't you record the Bally's? No, I know no one's a fan of Bally's. No, everybody hates Bally's. But what kind of channel doesn't let you record? <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, I know. you know, they invented TiVo like 35 years ago. I know. I love <laughs> TiVo. Did you ever have TiVo, Carmen? No, I went straight to the whole. Like, oh, like literally, they're you in, missed. You their, missed. Their, their interface is still like back. I mean, mm-hmm. that's like 15, 20 is still the best navigational interface. Well, it ever. actually worked. Unlike many of these new systems. Um, Yeah, it was really simple. It was the other thing of TiVo was like really fast too. Like there was no delay in the menu. So I think they must have done some things like on the device to make it work really fast. And that just was really satisfying. It made a really nice clicking noise as you change. I don't know. I'm getting nostalgic, but I miss my TiVo. I think Direct TV bought them out (laughs) and then they didn't use the menu. Damn you, Direct TV. Damn it. They just wanted the name. So when we were dominating against New England in the first half, yep. um, my daughter leans over to me in the game and says, we're really dominating playing well. And I said, yeah, that's great. We've been doing that all the time, but watch us give up one goal on one chance. Yeah. And she's like, no, no. I mean, we're really on dominating. Yeah. <laughs> Foreshadow. Yeah, because that, that first 20 minutes, right? They, there was, they Oh, were, we were on fire. There's just zero pressure from them it looked like they were in no mood to give us any pressure no they looked like they didn't want to be here want yeah. to get back on the bus um and you know to, to be fair even even the goal they got was a goalkeeping mistake but let's go to the uh, the attempt uh, that almada had on the free kick here at the beginning of the game again shows a class of almada um you know that a he knows how to put it on frame difficult kick from pretty close, so had to loop it over the wall with power and accuracy and does both. And Turner makes just an absolute amazing save. They do this silly thing where the guy lays on the ground and they don't even jump, which defeats the point of that. (laughs) But to be fair to Almada on that, he took it so fast, I think he got the wall a little off guard Ah. on their jumping sequence. They do have that. Clearly, the assistant coaches are working on not letting them get timed on on these things, and that's that's good. As we'll note from the stats stats foreshadow, foreshadow, it doesn't seem to be working. But, you know, um, Turner, like, so there's a reason why, folks, he's on his way to Arsenal. Um, he's already been signed for Arsenal. He's the U.S. national team goalkeeper, and he's only here because they loaned him back for the remainder of the season. Yeah, he's real good. He's At real, least shot-stopping-wise, he mean, is. He palmed that from kind of behind his body. It was almost crossing the line. I don't think Shuttleworth makes that safe. Yeah. But Almada, <laughs> Almada shows his class again a few minutes later here mm-hmm. off of a corner kick and will not be denied by Turner on this play. Um, you know, I think it came off a corner kick. It got deflected. It got deflected. We he res- brought it down out of the, like a 10 yard. It goes popping up in the air. Yeah. Here it goes, gets crossed, then pops up, uh, recycled after the, this era. Ujo cross, I think and it just land, lands right Look in. Look at that. On my, on I mean, boom, boom, boom. Just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, ah, <laughs> that's what everyone was waiting for Barco to do. Right. Cause Barco yeah. could do it for, he the, can't do that. The under 23. No, he can do it. No, he, was, he can't. He was doing it for the under 23 national team. Not but really. Couldn't do it for Atlanta United. Yes, he no could. No offense. Absolutely. He was, a, <laughs> he was a bigger star, in my opinion, when I watched the under 23 world cup. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then, then yeah. even Almada, because he was doing plays like that. But the thing that I mean, Almada is better. I think actually Barco can do that. Um, I'm just kidding, giving a hard time. But um, Didn't, the thing that makes Almada a better player than Barco is his awareness of what's around him. Yeah. Um, Barco tended to put his head down when he dribbled, and Barco could also score those goals. Barco could also run at players. Um, 
but wasn't the wasn't the creative force wasn't i mean the thing about almada is he makes teams go because he moves the ball so quickly and he he does like he's not getting fouled because i don't think he's no one's around no, him. no one's ever near him because the ball's gone so there's no flopping like we no. saw with barca totally different yeah, no style opportunity. we don't know whether he flops because no yeah. one's ever near him yeah exactly which <laughs> yeah. is the but best way that's so refreshing and i think a lot of people don't notice him out there and yeah. this is it's always subtle. a good sign of a great player mm-hmm. when you're not seeing him involved with some of that stuff you know mm-hmm. uh it's just, also you don't get hurt if you don't get fouled that true so all right so then what happens here if we go to the new england goal where they tie it up Oof. Um, this is uh you know pretty good passing from them you know in midfield you know they do a good job of doing some so here's the thing though right pause it right so here's the problem Right, as we've been saying over and over. We have the unbalanced lineup. Right now we've paused it. New England has just taken over the ball. We have three guys back, which is what we typically have. It's it's um Gutman, it's Dijon, and it's Franco. They're evenly spaced across the middle. What is not there is Lennon because he's gone flying up the field. And as you notice, the guy who's trying to cover for him. Abara, who's trying to come out of the center midfield to cover him. Do you think he's going to be able to cover him there? No. So they've played it to the center forward. The outside left midfielder is running, and Abara's trying to come 30 yards back from the midfield to chase back into the right back spot, right, to protect against Lennon. And look what happens. A little slot up into the into the box to Busca, who just... You know, if you watch watch on this next play, how bad Bobby Shuttleworth's footwork is on this, he comes out and then pauses and just loses all his footing. Because if he had just stayed composed, yep. he's a good enough shot, shot stopper to almost yep. stop anything from that angle. And, you and can, he shoots from far enough away, he yeah. had plenty of time to Look close his legs. Yeah. Right? Sometimes it's so close and you have no chance. I mean, that's a good five yards away. Ugh. It's painful to watch. Right. I want I want you to go back one more time, though, because I want you to notice one other thing that I noticed for the first time because we don't really get to see Dijon very much. But Dijon is really slow at reading the danger. Multiple times in this game, he's slow coming across. Yeah. Now, Franco gets beat, right? I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not really Dijon's fault, but he's slow to read the danger and to come over. Watch out right now. Mm-hmm. Then he comes over, right? It's that extra yeah. hesitation. It means he can't get there. Because yeah, he, he took a glance upfield right when... Yeah, that, and there's no, but there was nobody there, yeah. right? So his only responsibility was to go help. Yeah, just bad instinct. All right, we're moving on. Let's mm-hmm. get through these highlights. So... And I noted that multiple times in the game, he was slow to come over. Oh, this goal is so painful, this, <laughs> second, this second goal that we gave up to New England. Dave, in this goal, you know, the team is just lulled into uh, just not being aware of, like, just f- because we had seven people back and one, like, count, count the guys, right? There's a guy who crosses the ball, and he crosses it to one player on the far post, over seven Atlanta United players. And that's all that was happening. And it's because on this transition here, um, here, here they get it, they pick it up in midfield, and they just kind of all kind of glide back a little bit. The striker moves up into the far post area. We got seven players back. Against one. And just t- settles on his chest. I, you tell me, though, like that seemed to be almost over relaxation on the fact that we did have numbers back, but no responsibility on the only guy that mattered. I have to say, Franco, <laughs> again, foreshadowing, I've maybe looked at the goals, mm-hmm. and uh, Franco's been beat twice over the top on almost exactly the same play. He tends to get a little lost with the ball in the air and doesn't react too well. But why isn't Gutman also closing that fast? He's got four other players around him that can deal with any if he gets beat. I agree. So it's a combination of... He, you can make a beautiful cross over Franco's head if you have that much time. 
And I really thought in live that he was definitely offsides. The whole New England player, including Busca, thought he was offsides. He never celebrated the goal. He just stood there and waited for them to go back. I don't think it but was But on the offside. clip, you go back, he is not offsides. Yeah, he's not offsides. It was the right call. Yeah, okay, good. We're, we're right on that. All right, so there we go. And then uh, Almada is all class on this next goal. Um, gosh, he... He does you mean Araujo uh, or Almada or Moreno or all three? All three, but... <laughs> because but, it's an interchange with all three, no, isn't it? I give 90% of the credit to Almada on this goal. From the buildup that he was involved oh, in yeah. to basically flipping it to Araujo, who did make a great run. But what an incredible uh, effort here by Almada. Almada somebody with the off, ball. Plays it out wide. Runs. Runs. Again, looks to get it back. They play it back in front of him. They get to Moreno, who slots it back to Almada, who slips it through to Araujo. Go. Just the vision to be see, see him <laughs> making that run and to be able to flip it with the outside of his foot, just right to the right spot. It was well timed, amazing. That's all Almada. I mean, yeah, he's, somebody flips you that. I mean, a great run by Araujo. And he lifted know. it off the ground to get it over the defender a little bit in real time. Just watch him flip it. Yep. <laughs> It's it's nice. <laughs> so I don't want to I don't want to bore the listeners or the watchers with too many highlights. I think that's that's pretty much it. There was a lot of activity after that. Um, you know, Amada nearly sets up Araujo on kind of a similar kind of longer longer pass up the center there. Um, there was another banger he he shot from outside that forced Turner to make a save. Mm-hmm. Busca almost scores on us again. Mm-hmm. Uh, should have scored. Yeah, should have scored. Uh, You could see it coming, coming, coming. Oh, my goodness. And we were just uh, a lucky prayer. And then Moreno in the corner decides he wants to dribble four people, does so successfully, (laughs) gets to the end line and crosses it back. And and we miss a similar kind of opportunity that Busca just missed on the other side. So, yeah, the game was was back and forth. It could have been another goal for each side. Full of action. Yep. It It was an entertaining game. Um, but again, you have to say that we were overall by far the better team, had yeah. more possession, and we're giving up too many goals on too few chances, Mikey Dobbs. Yeah. And then, yeah, Abara had a, a header off of a corner, should have gone in, um, get, did a nice nice job of it. No, and then uh, and then New England hits a ripper um, and hits the far post, and it comes bouncing straight off the, uh, the upright. Um, so it was a lot of back and forth. I think Atlanta had the edge there, but... Um, so you know what I went and did, Mikey Dobbs? Hmm. So it's a third of the way through the season. And we've been talking about those who are um, dear podcast listeners who listen all the time, regular listeners, will know that we've been harping on a number of things. And I decided that we really need to know whether we got it right or we're full of it, right? So I went and rewatched every goal that Atlanta United has scored this season and every goal that we've conceded we're now basically a third of the way through the season. Right. We have scored 19. We have conceded 19. I'm including the Nashville U.S. Open Cup because they're obviously a legitimate game. I'm not including the game in Tennessee right. um, because that's that wasn't really sway our goals the USL. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. So what, what, do I, uh, what am I up against here? Well, I'm going to ask you a series of questions to which I have answers. Are you okay. ready? I'm ready. Okay, so, you know, we've talked about Lennon just bombing forward. And even as we talked about on this clip, the idea that Abara or Rosetto are responsible for covering in behind the right back is pretty shambolic. But have we really given up more goals on Lennon's side compared to Gutman's side? What's the answer? Um. Because my I'm, point being I, that I'm going to say no, because most goals in general in soccer come on the left back side. So my answer is no. My point being that Lennon is way more up mm-hmm. than Gutman these days. Um, they're often keeping Gutman back as a three. We showed it beautifully. If you want to go to the YouTube clip, thank you, Carmen, for, for pausing it right on the exact moment that we needed. Um and yet we have this feeling that it's, you know, Lennon up the right side. We're getting beat in behind him. The answer is yes, Mikey Dobbs. Oh, we are. We have given up two goals on Lennon's side for every goal that we've given up on Gutman's side. Well, that makes the universe, <laughs> the universe right, excuse me. Um, because, yeah, I, I just see uh, that's, that's what I feel like I saw. But 
it's usually counterintuitive, so I went the other way. It's nine goals on Lennon's side to only five goals on Gutman's side. Okay, but was it worth it? Right? So did Lennon actually getting forward amount to us scoring goals? The answer is no, Dave. Okay. You mean so, scoring goals from Lennon? So or in how general, many goals have we goals? scored off of Lennon's crosses? Very few. He's, you know, delivered some crosses, but I'm going to say this season, three. The answer is zero. We have yet to score off a Lennon wow. cross. Right? I mean, how many times? And and it's not Lennon's fault. He's open. Yeah. We're using him. He's putting in good crosses. But we don't have anybody who's designed to go score that. I mean, Martinez, but he's yeah. been out, right? Um, I think Cisneros can do it. He just needs to find his rhythm and the timing. So, on top of that, how many goals have we scored if you include Gutman's crosses? I'll give you a hint. You saw one. Yeah, so I'm going to go with two, but that's it. The answer is one. You saw the only wow. one out of the 19 goals that Gutman crossed in the U.S. Open Cup to Almada at the front post. Now, in fairness, there is one other goal. Um... Let's see. How uh, many how many goals does Gutman have? Uh, zero. Okay. I know Lennon has one. He had one in the uh, uh, the previous uh, MLS matchup. On, who was that? That was uh, Chicago Fire. He had the uh, third goal in that, I think, third or fourth. He had the fourth goal against uh, Chicago Fire where he cleaned it up. Yeah. So I know he has at least one, but you're saying zero assists. Or zero assists from crosses. Um, zero assists from crosses. I didn't go through okay. whether it depends. Sometimes on MLS, you get an assist when you pass it back and he passes it over. <laughs> um, but no, never did he go down the right side and cross it for a goal. Um, if he had an assist, I would say it's zero assists. I haven't looked that up. But if he had an assist, it's one of those weak MLS second ball assists. Yeah. There was no ball crossed by him for a goal. He did score a goal off a rebound. Yeah. And... There was one other goal that we got from him being down the side, which is when he was brought down for the PK. Fair enough. So yeah. he got in behind once. <laughs> so with all the attacking that we have done. No, they didn't give that uh, PK to him. Yes, we did. We scored a penalty kick. Um, I thought we were talking about the, well, he should have gotten Against Charlotte, uh, the 2-1 to one victory late in the game. No, it was it was not late in the game. It was the first goal. But it was it was still pretty late. It was in the second half. Um, Lennon was played over the top. I think Hernandez played the ball, and he was brought down right up by the end line. And Joseph Martinez converted the penalty kick. Okay. What other stats you got? I have it. Don't don't question the research. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. So of all the attack that we've had out wide. All of it. We have scored two goals. One in the U.S. Open Cup where Gutman crosses to Almada and a second one where Lennon gets down the side and gets drawn for a penalty kick. So you're saying we should just eliminate going wide altogether in our game. So what I'm saying is... What, what are you saying, Dave? Should we, we shouldn't use winger play. We shouldn't, shouldn't uh, be using those guys to cross the ball ever because we just can't do it. I'm saying that we need to attack more through the middle vertically quickly. But have we really scored more goals up the middle? Um, well, not until recently. I would, if you did this on a timeline, I'm going to say yes. If you, did, if you looked at the last three to four games, I'm going to say yes. If you're going to say that the ones leading up to those four games, no. We have scored 13 goals up the middle and only four okay. from out wide. Oh. Okay. So then, <laughs> yes all around. So... Why are we sending him nice, forward? Nice, nice job with the tricky uh, yeah. questions, yeah. you know? Well you're, you're, uh, you're baiting me, but you're making me second-guess myself. Yeah, I mean, you got to be kidding me. Um, okay. Um, all right, so we've been on the assistant coaches and Pineda for all of the, uh, the free kick madness and is being awful both offensively and defensively. Pineda says he gives the, the, the assistant coaches the, uh, the opportunity to actually drop the plays offensively and defensively. And so my question is basically, is that worth it? 
Have we given out more goals off of set pieces or scored more on set pieces? Oh, we've definitely given up more goals off set pieces, hands down. I would be flabbergasted if it's the other way around. It's we've given up six, and which is 30% of the goals we've given yeah. up Mikey Dobbs. I, be, I, I don't believe you. I feel like it's more. Like, it's I feel six. Like, I, feel like the, <laughs> I feel like how you're defining I know. This, it no. felt like more than six. No. That includes corners and free kicks. I can go through all 19 I, if you want. No, we did not, we're not doing that, but I am going to you know, maybe admit I'm wrong again by doing my own set of research <laughs> on this, but that, that doesn't feel right. Uh, we've given up six, which is thirty percent of the goals, of thirty roughly thirty percent of our of our nineteen goals, and we have only scored three. Okay, still a bad ratio. Yeah, it's uh, it's not good. One on a direct free kick, and two off of corners mm-hmm. is what we've scored. Okay, we know that that's due to his own defense. <laughs> yeah, so we you know we're talking about this, and it's not just. So honestly, having giving up six goals this early in the season off of free kicks is awful. You never, ever, ever want to be on the negative side of scoring free kicks versus giving up goals. So three is not great. You, if you're doing well on free kicks by this part of the season, I looked at some of the other teams. Yeah. You probably want to be in the more four, five, even six range. Yeah. Giving up six means you're amongst the lead in the entire league. I mean, we've been awful. Yeah, we're still, what, we're lingering in seventh place in the Eastern Conference? Yeah, but my point is they get so frustrated and we're lingering in seventh place because Pineda's not getting the details right. If you didn't have Ibarra and Sadich and Rosetto uh, covering for Lennon, then we wouldn't give up, uh, how many pieces did I say to left and right? It's 2v1, right? It's nine goals on the left versus five on the right. Right, that wouldn't happen if you didn't have that crazy unbalanced thing. And if we didn't have zonal marking in the back, we wouldn't give up six free kicks. And on top of all that, even with all the fancy things they've done offensively on free kicks, we've still only scored three. Yeah. So, okay, last one. Last one. We've talked a lot about the inverted wingers, right? Cutting in and shooting sort of from top of the box. And I've said, you know, statistically speaking, shooting from outside the box is a shambolic thing to do, statistically speaking. We have scored two notable goals with inverted wingers, one from Dom Dwyer and one from Mulraney cutting back in and scoring on uh, on inverted goals. Did Arugia have one? No. He has okay. never cut in and scored. He has scored goals, but not on an inverted one. And I was going to ask when, you When that. did he score that brilliant goal? Wasn't that the first goal he had of the season? No, that was... No, that was running through that, the middle where that, he pulled the, his hamstring. Is the one I'm thinking of 2021? Yes. Where he went in... Okay, yeah. When he finally scored yeah. one. Okay. okay, so what percentage, how many of our goals have been scored from inside the box versus outside the box? Oh, I'm going to go with... You know, two of the ones that have been outside the box, I think we're Almeida. So I'm going to go with two outside the box. So because I know Almeida scored two from outside the box. I of course eliminated the penalty kick because that doesn't count, right? Yeah. But <laughs> we've scored 14 goals inside the box and only four outside okay. of the box. That four includes the two that you had from Almeida, one on the free kick Brooks from Lennon Brooks scored. Lennon yeah. from 30 yards out. And again, I don't. Think, I mean, even I and Chloe included it as outside the box. That's not what I'm talking about because we said on free kicks we should be going for yeah. goal. But I'm talking about in live play whether we should be going for goal. We have only three goals from live play outside the box. It's two from Almada, who clearly should have the green, yeah. green light. By the way, I was about to say, <laughs> I was like, regardless of your stats, Almada can shoot anytime yeah, he wants. Yeah, sure. From green outside the box. Every, everyone else, not so, even Era Ujo, his shots lately outside of the box have been atrocious. The other one is Joseph Martinez. Okay. Straight yeah. up the middle from about yeah. a foot or two outside the yeah. box. It wasn't just, very far. He just ripped it straight up the Yeah, we caused a turnover, and he came right in, and he ripped it uh, from there. Are we going to so, see Joseph Martinez uh, in the month of June? Yes. Oh, for sure, in the month of June. The question is whether we're going to so? see him in May. Why do you think so? We're so delicate with people's injuries. Why do you think we'll see? Because he's training twice a week, folks. He's already working on finishing. I mean, twi- sorry, he's training twice a day. Okay. And he's working on finishing. And anybody who's training twice a day could be playing, as far as I'm concerned. 
Okay. Even maybe if he's not ready for a full 90, like, why not 10 or 15? So we, we've asked a lot of questions, but I got questions for you now, Dave. Well, I just want to, just before we go to that, I just want to say, so looking at the first third of the season, the 19 goals that we've scored and the 19 goals that we've conceded, the patterns clearly show the things that we're talking about are clearly problems, and they're not hard problems to fix. No. So why? I if don't know. I can do this. Well, that throw in. On YouTube. The throw in <laughs> observation, when I'm starting to learn from Dave, like I said, like, how can we have a throw in where we have four guys going to the ball, none of them win it, and they flick it to the far post, and it's just an easy, you know, sequence from there for them to find a way to get the back of the net. It's happened. Yep. It's happened too many times. Yep. Um, Wait. So are y'all saying it's coaching? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. On on those things, yeah. I mean, he's doing a yes. lot. He's also doing a lot of things correct. Yeah. And, and you're I, seeing in- incremental improvements in some of the things he's getting right. But the problem of the things he's getting wrong is almost as atrocious as our Wednesday night team the way we defend in the second half because we're too old to get back and play. It's like (laughs) we need to get some younger players in there. Well, the reason why it's so frustrating is because I agree with you 100%. During live play, we're getting better. We're getting more vertical. We're doing all these things. The interchanging is good. We're creating chances. And we're giving up stupid chances because, one, we're, we're stubborn and we won't fix our free kicks, even though we've given up six so far and two he won't actually fix the shambolic tactics where we automatically send Lennon up the field and we ask a center midfielder to come out and cover from speak he's heating up he's on fire <laughs> oh speaking of fire dave <laughs> i've got atl on fire trivia oh, no since I went on my rant about offsides I, and I went way down the wormhole of the, the dark It's not road, about rule 12, is know? it? Because I've only it, made it to rule 11. It kind of is, right? So, you know, is being offside, uh, you know, being offside is not considered a foul, okay? So what is it? Um... In the, in the Something game. where the referee blows the whistle, starts the game, and gives you a free kick. Yeah. <laughs> Offsides is unsporting, okay? It's unsportsmanlike? It's unsporting. Oh. Right? It's not misconduct. It's an offense. That's huh. unsporting. I might have gone with an infraction, but I never would have said it's unsporting. It's kind of treated like a foul <laughs> in the game like right. you, as, a, as a spectator, but okay. it's not. It's just being uh, unsporting. So is it a okay. direct or indirect kick, Mike Adopts? It is an indirect kick. Yeah. And, uh, you know, way back in uh, 1832, Dave, <laughs> right? I was alive then. It's fine. Offside, offside had a different uh, nickname. And it kind of went back to the rugby days when, you know, they were kind of playing really rough soccer. Um, but what was the name of the offside position back in that time? <laughs> it was called sneaking, Dave. Because, sneaking, right? Because I like it. Which is why they implemented the rule. Can we use that now? Sneaky, you're You've sneaky. been caught sneaking yeah. again. So <laughs> Joseph Martinez is the like biggest that. sneaker I, out there. I thought that that was kind of a cool phrase. It's, yeah, he's sneaking uh, around out there. He's so they, sneaking around. They, My they, wife gets so mad because Joseph Martinez just. He refuses to get back on sides. He like kind of likes to annoy them, and then every once in a while they just play it to him, and he's like, "Oh, you know, right. what are you playing to me? I'm ten yards offside." <laughs> She's like, "Get back on side. You're a professional player." <laughs> <laughs> he's sneaking. He's you just see, sneaking. You're, you're going to talk. So don't about worry this about it. Game. He's just sneaking, and he's you know, you know, trolling at the same time. Strategic sneaking. There you go. This question. Ladies and gentlemen, Carmen, our producer, strategic sneaking. This one goes to 11. This question goes to 11. Soccer is a game that no longer has rules. It has laws. (laughs) Law 11 covers what? I think this is a giveaway since we were on the page earlier. Yeah, we were talking about offside and, and, you know, obstructing coming back from offside. You know what doesn't? Cover offside is law 12, which is <laughs> foul, fouls and misconduct. Damn it. Um, so uh, 
as uh, is it sneaking if you're offside, but then you get caught in infraction coming back and picking? Is that still sneaking, or is that well, actually that, now a foul? That's well, that it's <laughs> that's the whole crux of what we we're talking about. And I felt like in the spirit, right? Like that's that's uh, surely that's why they have C Law Twelve that, there because that's, that's actually an infraction and a foul. To me, it felt like that was more okay. unsporting than a foul. It's definitely on sporting, right? So whether yeah, it's sneaking I, is another. I question. think we agree on that play, right? <laughs> that hip check may not have been a foul. It was on sporting. It's definitely on sporting, but it, we've now learned that all offside is on yeah. sporting because yeah. there's uh, been too much sneaking. <laughs> so, Dave, as a uh, as a restart, the free kick has long implemented the offside rule. What other restarts do not implement the offside rule? Uh, you can't be offside on a throw-in. That's correct. I like it. Boom, shakalaka! No, that's not the answer, though. Oh, that's you also the... can't be offside on your own side of the field. On a corner kick, you cannot. Oh, well, that's because be the ball's on the line. No, it's impossible uh, offside, to be offside. Uh, no, so this is off of restarts. Oh, a free a free kick like we just saw in the okay. Nashville game is a restart. Okay. What other restarts can you not be offside? That offsides doesn't apply. Well, obviously a corner because there's impossible, right? Right, because the ball by definition is On is the by the far as it can go. <laughs> so you can't be ahead of the ball if you're ahead of the ball. You're in the goal. Now, can you be offside if you're off the field? I think not. Like if you're in the goal and you're <laughs> the ball, I think the answer is no. You're actually off. So it's throw in, yeah. corner kick, and goal kick. Yeah, I was gonna say that, but I gave you enough time and you were too slow. We got to get through these questions, Dave. Well, right. I knew that one. So the, the you also can't be offside on your own half of the field. So that's which the, is some people that forget. That's the final question on our ATL. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, so the and Dave, the original law was that you could be on side offside on any part of the field, even your own uh, on on uh, on your own side of the field. And so, pe- people forget that it's actually the law. Actually, you just looked it up, right? But the law is actually two players in between, right? Yeah. So they always assume the goalkeeper, right? So it's not actually being behind because it's really hard to define saying. Um, you can't say you're behind the last player because there's always a goalkeeper back there. So it's actually, you have to have two players between you and the goal. And there are weird moments if the goalkeeper has gone on a walkabout, mm-hmm. the, the referees never call this. So if the goalkeeper has gone on a walkabout and is, you know, up at midfield for some God knows reason, gives up the ball, they come yeah. back in and they actually play it on a cross. And the guy is actually technically behind the last defender, but there's only one defender there. Technically, by the letter of the law, he's offside. Yep, and there's been circumstances where that's happened. Yeah, I remember in the South Africa World Cup. First oh, was it? Yeah. One, there's so one was, in that. Yeah, I was that's so rare. Outside, but it wasn't because because yeah. the goalkeeper's got on a walkabout. But they didn't change the law until a certain point to where you could be offside anywhere on the field yeah. until before or after what or 1925. Before or after, did they change that rule where you couldn't be? offside unless uh in your you couldn't be offside in your own half of the field before or after 1925 dave uh after it was before it was 1907 they changed the rule and and it was it was being proposed by one of the guys in the scottish fa in in like 2000 (laughs) like stop goal hanging so he he was trying to get it pushed through because Uh. what, what was happening was uh it's this uh this phrase here let me get it is it sneaking no, no, it's not sneaking. It was called uh, it was called the one back, and so what would yeah. what would happen is <laughs> the the team would press all the players up and do like a major press and leave one guy, one defender back. So ma- imagine Franco just being yep. being the one to basically play an offside trap on like two wingers. Uh-huh. It was probably easy. I'm imagining it was probably easier for that one back to time the run of them sure. playing it out and just sure. catching the other guys offside. So they eventually uh, changed the rule. How many um, Newcastles or Guinnesses did they drink before they came up with that idea? The one back. The one back. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, you know, those guys are playing are idiots. If we just leave the one guy there and, oh, he runs up the field, they're all going to be <laughs> caught outside. Well, you know, I always say, and I think we've even talked about it on the podcast, right, that if you're the super underdog and you have no chance of winning a game, right, you can just – you should just try to totally take advantage of the rules. You send a guy 20 yards offside, right? You play the ball to him. The defenders are 
obviously going to put their hand up and stop. And then you just plan for that guy never to touch the ball and the guys run in and go get the, go get the goal. And, yeah. the, and the stupid defenders will fall for that every time. I think at the pro level, though, there's those guys are pretty sharp. They, you know. But if you're maybe I'm I'm exaggerating. Maybe if you're like five or eight yards off, where it's like not clear that you're just trying to be a jerk, <laughs> but but you're like way off, and then they're just like, yeah, I stopped yeah. because a you're off, and they played it to you. And by my interpretation of the rules, you should be offside at that yeah. moment. But that's not how it's interpreted. If you never touch the ball, yeah. they'll allow that to play on, and you can totally get those players napping. Yeah, and I, you know, if that happened a lot and you you were right, like there was a way to sequence that and set the team up for that, they'd probably end up changing the rule and doing kind of like the same thing of, you know, the way that an offside player can block the vision of the goalkeeper. Someday and, when I'm coaching Trinidad and Tobago and we're trying to get to win the Hex, yeah. you're going to see it. Ooh. Yeah, and we're going to defeat the U.S. national team on four of the worst shambolic rule-breaking <laughs> goals you've ever seen. <laughs> Yeah. I just have this, I've had this, this like my evil soccer coaching fantasy, Mikey Dobbs, that we, you get, you get behind, there's a much better team. You got no chance. You're like, ah, I can't beat them. So let's just cheat. Yeah. No sneaking and doing unsporting behavior. That would be unsporting. Don't you think? Yeah, I do think. I be. mean, you're totally taking advantage of the rules. Yeah. So that's some egregious sneaking. That's all I got on the on the question front, Dave. So we're here uh, again, a third of the way through the season. Uh, the team is kind of, I don't know, plateauing in terms of progress. I feel like plateauing. Okay, um, making some baby steps, but not fixing the critical things. That I are- mean, one thing is that Araujo, Almada, Moreno are yeah. starting to click, even without Martinez. And you got to figure if Martinez can ever get back. Um, that's going to even more click. So what's up with Sosa? You mentioned this uh, being at the game. He wasn't even on the bench, right? Yes. I went researching to the end of the internet, and it turns out he has a slightly strained abductor. Oh. Maybe he's been abducted. Okay. I don't know. That I'm, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there's something maybe brewing. I don't know either, but. Ibarra is kind of getting the starts, right? No. And is I, he out of favor, you think? No. No? You don't no, think there's something more like that? It's a conspiracy theory for me. I think that's that's bunk. I okay. think All I right. think that he's just got mysterious slight injuries. You know, he came off the whole season. He had the surgery for really we don't know Do what. Do you think Sosa could play center back? Of course Sosa could play center back. So Have you seen if, Sosa play? I mean, that guy is That's That's brilliant. what I'm thinking, right? So I just had that moment right there in my head, right? Sure. Because Ibarra seems to be coming into his own. And if you had the Abara Sosa and then Josetu in front of Sosa lacks the pace to be a natural long term replacement at center back. He's much better in the midfield where yeah. it's a little hard to beat him for pace, but he's so smart. Yeah. He reads the game. Well, I mean that's what we're missing right Dijon clearly not reading the game. Sosa. I mean, have you ever I mean, we've seen it in the last couple the last season in particular. Sometimes the other team will get this absolute horrible counterattack. They got four guys coming through the middle and Sosa picks off the pass and you're like, that can't possibly happen. They had a 4v1, right? He just reads the game both beautifully. Yeah. We're really missing that Miles Robinson pace in the back just to well st- stop the ball from coming <laughs> you over You mean top. we're missing the best U.S. defender? Yeah, Why? Maybe. But no, you can see that teams are clearly trying to take advantage of that direct ball over the top with us now yeah. with him out of the equation. Yeah. Because with him there before, they're like, that's not a good move. It's kind of damning, you know, on Franco a little bit, right? You know, Franco came as this hotshot Argentinian player from the Argentinian League, wants to go off to Europe. And to be honest, Miles Robinson's the better player by far. Yeah. Um, You know, we get a bad rap, the U.S. We don't develop, you know, backs or whatever, but he's the real deal. Hope he recovers fast. Yeah. Very... Did you watch any of the uh, EPL relegation? I know we got another two weeks in the EPL, but... So Arsenal lost. Oh, did they? Yeah, and so now Tottenham... Are are in the It's not just ahead of Leeds who's getting relegated. No, they... (laughs) They bar- Leeds barely gave themselves a, a good lifeline. They're alive right they're alive. now, but they're still getting relegated, Mikey Dobbs. So you're saying maybe 
this. There is a chance. And Tottenham, meanwhile, is moved into the fourth spot and now only needs a a win or a tie. And Arsenal, that glorious season that they had. I don't know. I think Tottenham next year is going to be in the... Man United cruising into sixth place. (laughs) Wolves dropping the balls again. You know, Ranjik, who came in with this, you know, he's the father of gang impressing, right? You know, that Klopp, you know, and uh, Guardiola and a bunch of these people have adopted. (laughs) He comes to Man United hoping to rescue the Solskjaer madness. And he has the worst record in Manchester United history after Alex Ferguson. Of all those new coaches, he has the worst by far. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. I think that Leeds still has a chance. If they would have won that game, obviously they'd be likely clear. But uh, Burnley also doesn't look great, man. <laughs> you know, Bur- <laughs> Leeds is this t- huge town with this huge stadium and huge support. Burnley is a suburb of Manchester. Do you know that? Yeah. And they have like... They what have, about the Brentford Bees, man? Burnley has 20,000 people in the town, and they average 20,000 in the game. So, <laughs> Was that where Rooney went to coach for a little while? Where was he no, a player No, he's at coach? Derby. Derby. I always get that confused. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I mean, if you ever want to break into anybody's house, Burnley on a home footballing weekend, every single person's in the stadium, oh, people. There it is, people. <laughs> There's your There's window. nobody. <laughs> you can go in. You can have tea. You can decide. Should we take the painting? Should we take the carpet? Maybe we'll take both. So, Dave, what else we got? We, uh, we've got Nashville on the road. What, do you, what are your predictions for that game? Mm, not good. Yeah. I mean, they're really good at home. They've been clearly playing at home. I mean, you know, the interesting thing is as good as Nashville is defensively, we went up there and not only did we score two goals, but we looked good for it, you know? This is like the nonsensical prediction. It's almost like Georgia beating Alabama in the, you know, in, in the playoffs. After they got beat by Alabama, who, you know, was probably the favorite in the national yep. championship game as well. Yep. I'm going to go with it doesn't make any sense, Dave, but we beat them because the other team always wins the second it's game. It's really hard to be a good team twice. Yeah. And in rapid succession, the so, team that lost has a huge advantage, and that's why I'm going to say we go and get a miracle tie. Yeah. But I don't think we win. Okay. that's That would be uh, a decent result, but I'm going to go with the win. Because it doesn't yeah. make any sense. It's just what happens in sports in general. Is, and you is know, be my take on that. Pinedas, it's <laughs> you know, God bless him. Um, you know, some of the things that we've been calling for: no inverted wingers. Right? We lined up in this game for the first time with Araujo on the left and Almada on the right and Moreno up the middle. There wasn't an inverted winger. God bless. And Araujo was brilliant. Yeah. Right through that. He was making the runs. And occasionally he can pop over as an inverted and he can switch. No problem. But out on the left, he's just opening all that space. Yeah. I mean, New England and was just in man. How well does he cross the ball with his... <laughs> he can really whip a ball yeah. in. Now, I think also, given more time out there on his natural left, yeah. his probing runs were a little awkward because he's kind of coming in from a different angle. But I think he'll course correct that over time. I've there was one run he made where from the inverted side, he usually does a little bit better. But when he's but, on the left, you know, this goal that he scored, the last goal, this left to right run where it's coming across his body and he can settle it on his 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 yeah. stronger left foot, right? When the ball's coming across your body, you don't want to settle it on the near foot, right? It's really awkward, yeah. right? So that diagonal run from left to middle is much better than trying to do it the other way as a left footer. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing. And then, you know, the we're getting a little better on the free kicks in the system that we have, you know, the, the set piece, but still a shambolic system. I mean, honestly, if, if you made me the coach five minutes before the game, right, I would say two things to the team. Okay, forget the five people zone and marking. We have one near post, one far post. Everybody else is man marking and no more goals. Right, that's one and two. Right, Lennon, you have to stay at home. There's no more marking the right back right. from center midfield. And if you did that, we win in Nashville in the U.S. Open Cup. I'm with you. I'm with you. And we will win in Nashville if we do that. But why? 
Why, Mikey Dobbs? Why have we overthought it? Why? Yeah. I mean, it's like he gets a paycheck and he has to do something fancy. And he's doing it and doing it and he's stubborn. And he's like, I know it's wrong. I'm slowly changing it. But <laughs> maybe it's all a brilliant disguise, right? That he's just setting us up for a stretch run. And they're going to, he's going to make, he's like making some mistakes right. on purpose. And during the season, he's going to fix it. And just to get everything right. And suddenly we're going to be like, Ooh, we're really got momentum and go into the playoffs and win. Well, I think like Carmen said, a lot of the things that we're asking for in the podcast, like, uh, I, I didn't even read the article. It sounds like there's some news for the women's soccer team. Yes. Uh, in Atlanta. Um, that our predictions we're putting in a bid for ass tend to come true. Yeah. It's almost like Arthur's listening. Yeah. Maybe he is. Have you checked under the subscribers for an A blank? I have been tagging uh, Gonzalo, <laughs> Gonzalo Pineda on the okay. no, no zone defense thing. So You think he would probably use, he's probably using a pseudonym, mm. right? What would his pseudonym be? Hmm. Don't know. H Depot. Oh, <laughs> That's bad. That's almost as bad as your Achilles stuff. Oh. We didn't hear an Achilles joke. You must no. be worried about no. that. I, I was yeah. told to, to, okay. to okay. cease and desist. Yeah. And Carmen's a lawyer, so she put it in writing, and it was affidavit, <laughs> and it was stamped, and there was a witness. Yes. And, um, yeah, in lying under oath is a bad thing. Mm. Supposedly, but is there anything y'all want to put out in the universe to like have happen? I do right now. Go to the uh, subscribe, <laughs> subscribe yes. to ATL subscribe. on Fire. Yep, we are on YouTube, right? Yep. Uh, ATL on Fire. Follow us on Twitter at ATL on yep. Fire. If you somehow are watching us on YouTube and you want to listen to us on the podcasters, we're on all of them. Apple, Dave's an Apple guy. I'm a Google guy. We're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, or really anything that you're using. We're there. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Thanks, everybody.